You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we can spend together today. We just uh, look forward to your presence with us. We invite you to just bless our hearts and give us hope and faith today, courage, and to help us to see things the way you do, because you are coming so soon, and we want to meet you with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking about this quote today, because really, in, in uh, Luke chapter 21, we see that distress of nations with perplexity is increasing. Men's hearts failing them for fear and a certain looking for of judgment. And Jesus says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, do what? Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. And when we feel the very weakest, that's when his strength is near. And um, I love this. This is... It's, where is the statement? I was going to share this with you. Here it is. Look up, not down. This is a, a commentary on when Peter jumped out of the boat. Jesus told him to come, and, and Peter's faith got him right out of that boat, didn't it? And then he was overwhelmed with fear, and he lost his focus. So we've got faith, fear, and focus. Fear is an emotion. Focus is a, a decision. And faith is an attitude. And here's the comment. When their hearts were subdued, their unholy ambition quelled, and in humility they prayed for help, it was given. They were very upset that Jesus was not crowned king. He would not allow the crowd to take him. They were murmuring. They did not leave when he told them to, to get in the boat and go to the other side. So a trial was awaiting. And it says here, It is your thought that your mistakes and transgressions have been so grievous that the Lord will not have respect unto your prayers. Have you ever felt that way? And will bless and save you. Look up, you who are tried, tempted, and discouraged. Look up. It is ever safe to look up. It is fatal to look down. If you look down, the earth reels and sways beneath you. Nothing is sure. But heaven above you is calm and steady, and there is divine aid for every climber. How many of you are climbers in this room today? The hand of infinite, the hand of the infinite is reaching over the battlements of heaven to grasp yours in its strong embrace. The mighty helper is near to bless, lift up, and encourage the most erring, the most sinful, if they will look to him by faith, but the sinner must look where? up. We've got to look up. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I'm going to share something with you I carry with me in my Bible. I was going to share it tomorrow, but I'm going to do it today. Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men. Do not pray for tasks equal to your strength. Pray for ta strength equal for, for your tasks then the doing of your work will not be the miracle. You will be the miracle. How many of you want to be a miracle today? Amen? I do too. Now, 
we've uh, spent several days on and off talking about how diet has an amazing effect, nutrition, exercise have an amazing effect on the composition of gut microbiome, which produce, which produces uh, compensatory neurotransmitters that affect the brain and calm the brain, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, which has to do with impulse control. So what a blessing that the kind of food that we feed our bacteria determines the kind of bacteria that populate the gut, the kind of neurotransmitters that are produced, which lower anxiety. In fact, there was a really interesting Japanese study that showed that higher serum levels of carotenoids, so when you think of a beta carotene, what's one thing that you think of? Think, we think of carrot juice. But there are more than 500 carotenoids in the plant uh, kingdom. So how amazing is that, that all of these different colorful fruits and vegetables have an effect, and when we can see more of these in our circulating serum or a component of blood, that we see lower levels of sleeplessness and irritability. So do we need to pray for better sleep, and do we need to pray for less irritability? But does God have some tools to help us with that? Absolutely. So we can't work against our prayers. So God has power, he has promises, but he also has a plan. And when we implement the plan, that's where the miracle takes place. And it's not instant. It's a process. It's a process that requires time. So I want to show you what I do at least three or four times a week, some kind of combination of how I get some of that crunch factor into my life. And it's very, very easy, lots and lots of fun. And so I make what I call super slaw. And so I thought that I would do this for you today. And some of the bags are a little bit empty because I've already been using this stuff. <laughs> so you know you can go into the store and get fabulous mixes. You can get teriyaki mixes, kale mixes, and different mixes of different combinations of vegetables. And I love this one. It has broccoli, green cabbage, kale, Brussels sprouts, pepitas, radicchio, cranberries. This is really cool. So I'm going to put some of this in my bowl here. And this will last several days. Then broccoli slaw. How many of you have seen broccoli slaw at the grocery store? Uh, the broccoli stem actually is in the broccoli stem actually is higher in calcium than the broccoli head. So this is good stuff, and it's delicious, and it also crunches. So I'm going to put some of that in here. Really colorful, very nice. Do you see how this is already better than a regular slaw? Okay, so now I, I went to the store yesterday, to the little market uh, in town, and apparently hordes of Adventists have <laughs> swept through and, um, and bought all the greens. They bought everything up, so I got what I could find. So I, I found a really nice broccoli carrot cauliflower medley, and my kitchen helpers, the ladies in the kitchen, helped me, and the only greens I could find um, was uh, the only greens I could find was uh, parsley. So I chopped up some parsley. Normally I would have a kale salad or you know some chopped kale or some chopped spinach. 
because I love something really green, but this is going to be delicious. So they, the ladies cut up some of this, this uh, vegetable medley for me and some fresh parsley, and I'm adding that. Is this looking good already? I want you to see what you're looking at here, what I'm looking at. Isn't that beautiful? It's really delicious. Now, you'll notice that this doesn't actually have lettuce in it, so it's going to last. And if you are just one or two people, you're getting a wonderful variety in this because you're buying little packages of mixed, diverse vegetables. Um, some of these packages come with things like, this is a package of uh, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, and cranberries that you can add to it. I actually have some walnuts that I purchased at the store before all those people came in and bought them, bought them all up. So I'm going to put some some really healthy fatty acids in here with these gorgeous crunchy walnuts. And I love to put a protein source in here. So I've chosen, you may have seen this in the grocery um, where, where the tofu is in Myers. This is a baked teriyaki tofu. It's firm, it's chewy, it's delicious. And my kitchen helpers have already cut it up for me so perfectly in little cubes. And I'm putting this in my salad. This is like, people, this is really going to be good. And I'm sorry that I'm not sharing it with you. <laughs> it's so fantastic. All right. So now I have a wonderful protein source in here. What are some other protein sources I could use in here if I didn't have tofu? Mm. Chickpeas, any kind of beans. The nuts are a great protein source. Uh, there are just lots of wonderful varieties of foods that you can put in there. So having good crunch, good color, you want to get about 15 grams of fiber, about 15 grams of protein at every meal, and this is certainly going to fill the bill. Now I'm going to, now this is something that I like to purchase. You can buy it in the frozen food section where the juices are. This is just pure lemon juice. And because I travel, uh, sometimes you, you go to buy lemons and they're hard and there's not much juice in them. This is the juice of seven lemons. It's just pure lemon juice. Delicious, easy to use. You could keep it in the freezer and then just pull it out when you want it to thaw and use it. So the beautiful thing about lemon is that as you put this in your salad, it is going to increase iron absorption. And so it's just wonderful. It's a great source of vitamin C. You've got all kinds of vitamins and trace minerals that improve brain health. So I'm going to put some lemon juice in here to hold your hand just right. So that is delicious. Now, sometimes I will drizzle a little uh, sesame tahini or put a few yeast flakes. And for the salt, I'll use a little bit of Bragg's aminos. Here's my extra virgin olive oil. I'm going to put some of that in here. And it's going to be gorgeous. 31 different antioxidants, including hydroxytyrosol, which softens arterial walls. It's beautiful. Mamma mia. Good. Okay. And now I'm going to put, I, I just put this together because I'm traveling. And it's a seasoned salt with garlic and onion powder and um, just a few herbs. So it's a mystery. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it'll be good. So I'm going to put a little of that in here. What are some other fresh things we could put in here that would be absolutely fabulous that are missing? Well, you could put some rosemary. You could put an herb. How about some red pepper? You could put tomatoes in it, avocado. You could put some cucumber in it. You could put some scallions, some green onions. So you see, you can dress this up or down. 
But do you see how easy this is? I just use packaged things. Now I'm gonna, I'm going to um, toss it, and it is, it is. I'm gonna smell it for you. Is this incredible? I cannot wait. Okay, I'm so sorry. I don't mean for, to make you jealous or anything, but this is really gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous, and I, I just want you to see the color, the beauty. It holds up for days, for several days. And the way that I, I like to eat it, I call it the delivery system. I like to get a nice whole wheat tortilla or a pita pocket, or I'll put it over brown rice. So you want to have a good whole grain. Your gut bacteria love whole grains. And so I'll take a, a whole grain like this, a wrap, put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, stuff my burrito with the, the salad, and I've got a complete meal in a burrito. And I'll eat two of them. And they're just fabulous. Now, I do want to tell you that not only is nutrient content important, meal spacing, timing, all of that is very important, but also um, how fast we eat. Okay, so we had, a, when we had our own ministry in North Carolina, we had a lady come and help us several times a week, and she, she was a lovely woman, but she was very slow. She, she was very methodical. She spoke slowly. She thought slowly. She deliberated over things. She ate slowly. And I would fix lunch for all of us. And one day, I noticed that, she, and I'm not saying this was bad about her, but this was one of her qualities. And Dane and I were fast. We did everything fast, all the time. And so we're sitting at the table eating, and she was so frustrated. And finally, she said, eating with you people is like eating with wolves at a feed. <laughs> and, um, you know, she was trying to be subtle. Uh, but it didn't, didn't come across real subtle. <laughs> But she was right. I was belching, bloated. You know, is your food, your first phase of hunger is the cephalic phase. You see food, and then, you know, the lipases in the mouth begin to break it down, and then your stomach begins to work on it. And the major site of digestion, of course, is the small intestine. But there are processes to get you to that place. So how many of you would like to make a commitment with me that when you're eating these crunchy foods, don't wolf them down. How many of you are going to put your hand up right now? Just put your hand up. I'm just telling you, put your hand up. Okay. All right. But this is truly, truly, truly delicious. And I'm so thankful that they were out of kale because I think it's going to be fabulous with the chopped parsley. And it's going to have all those micronutrients that are going to keep me cheerful when I'm talking to you. <laughs> There are also some wonderful teriyaki mixes that are just fabulous. They steam up in about two minutes in a pan. You can have them over brown rice. So you don't have to love being a chef in order to have amazing good food. Yes? You should have gotten some of them little condiment cups from the kitchen. <laughs> shoulda, shoulda, shoulda. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, I know. You know, they're really, I, I, was, I was only expecting a little handful of people for these classes. And I even had a friend made. I had a friend make fifty of her amazing uh, chia crackers. But I said, just give them to me because there's not enough for everybody else. <laughs> She's keeping them.
keeping them. Yeah. So yeah. When you save it for several days, do you put the lemon and oil on it anyway? You know, I do because you see these are cruciferous vegetables, and so they actually wilt a little bit. It doesn't matter if you do or don't. But for for two now this is a little larger than I would usually make just for myself, but this will be very nice for three days. Just love it. Stuff it in a pita pocket. Fabulous. And there are some frozen vegetarian choices now. The corn product, Q-U-O-R-N at Myers, they have it in the freezer section. There's a vegan form and a and a vegetarian, and they're both <clears throat> very, very delicious in pockets with this, with these mixes. But I want you to start thinking, what can I eat every day that's really crunchy and colorful? And it just makes a very big difference. Yes. Yes. It's shredded, so it escapes notice. Where do you get it? Myers, yeah. At Myers. It's where all the bagged salads are. You can get these incredible mixes with these fabulous vegetables, and I just love it. Anybody else? Question, comment? Yes, sir. Now, that's a great question. Now, in our book, Foods for Thought, we have a section called Three Cheers for Salad, raw, raw, raw. And, and so there are people, there are foodies that think that raw food is superior. The more you can go toward raw, everything raw, the better. And that is actually not correct. Um, cooked food is also has some premium advantages. So when we cook our grains well and our beans, Cooked vegetables actually increase iron absorption, protein absorption, and carotenoid absorption. So raw is wonderful, but cooked is amazing as well. So we don't want to just shut out a whole category of food preparation. Uh, so enjoy these great foods in all their forms. That's a great question. I appreciate you asking it. Anyone else before we move forward? Yes. Lime is wonderful. It's the vitamin C that will increase the iron uh, absorption. It's just, it's lovely. It changes the flavor just a little bit, but it's the same idea. So using these natural compounds and substances, it's amazing when you go to the fast food restaurants and you get these little tiny square containers of dressing, you could have 250, 300 calories in, um, in just a tiny, icky, ranchy, kind of gooey thing to put on your salad. So I don't encourage that. Um, I beg your pardon? That tastes so good, yeah. You know, we do have uh, after-school detention around here. Okay, so, you know. So here's the thing. Regarding plant fats, regarding the beautiful, the, the extra virgin olive oil or the omega-6 fatty acids that you would find if you're baking something and you use a canola or a soy oil, the problem in the American diet is that we're getting a 20 to 1 ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s, and it should be about 4 to 1. So do you see that the modest use of a small amount of plant fats uh, in, an, in the form of an oil is not damaging? It's what we're doing with all these processed foods and overconsumption of omega-6 fats that's causing a burden of disease that's astonishing. And these foods heal the brain. So we want you to enjoy these gorgeous foods. Start increasing uh, what you already like and just adding a little more variety. Yes? Yesterday we went down to the farm over here. Yes. And bought rainbow chard and a huge bunch of kale. Beautiful. Wow. Rainbow chard? Yeah, I had some for lunch. I went down the road and over 
and here I am with this package stuff. Oh. <laughs> Boy, that's great. That's great. But you see how there are so many ways to add value to your life. To add value. Now, if this was a regular coleslaw, it would just be this nasty white cabbage with, with mayonnaise and vinegar and sugar. Just yuck. Yes. Um, no. Now, does that mean if you're in, a, you, if you're traveling, you're at a restaurant, you're going to put up a ruckus, you think you're going to die? No, you'll be okay. You know, you'll get through a meal. So we're not going to be that way. But for, but for our everyday choices, do we want to make the best choices that we can? Okay. All right. Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah, you have to go to a different seminar <laughs> to get a different answer on that one. No, it burns. It burns the lining of the stomach. Yeah. It's, it's uh, one step past the stage of putrefaction of wine. So, And I grew up with wine vinegar. I grew up with it. Lemon is superior. Let me put it that way. Okay, but you're not going to die if you have a salad out once in a while. That's the other part of it. Okay, anybody else? We need to go on to our program. Any questions before I move on? No. Either you learned everything or nothing. <laughs> How many of you just feel inspired to start getting some more crunch factor and color into your meals? Do you see how easy it is? All right. So we're talking today about habits that last, that last, and situational awareness. And let me put my remote in here and let's see if this works. All right. Wonderful promise of Jesus Christ to you and I today that Jesus came that we might have what? Life, Life and have it how? More abundantly. That doesn't mean that everybody gets their bullseye you know, it wouldn't be sin if it didn't hurt innocent people. I think one of the most rewarding kinds of experiences that I've had are when people come to classes like this who know that they are terminal. But they come because God wants to add value to every day of your life, whether you're going to live two weeks, two months, or 20 years. It's all about the value that your life is in God. And if you are in a battle, my dear and precious colleague, Evelyn Kissinger, who has a genetic disorder that has manifested, and she is in a fight for that, uh, do you think she's sorry that she has lived with healthy lifestyle choices in the face of this genetic disorder? No, it'll help her to fight smart, and it'll help her to fight long, and it'll help her to fight bright with strong mental and emotional reserves. And so every time you make a good choice today, there's a gift waiting for you tomorrow. And it's not always about outcomes. I remember one lady coming to my classes um, who had terminal rectal cancer. She knew that she was going to die, but she loved the fellowship, the people, the faith, the, the healthy choices that could help her to, to, in, to keep on with self-care for as long as possible. What a joy it was to minister to this lady. So not everyone gets their bullseye, but can you agree with me that we bring a lot of unnecessary suffering on ourselves 
by breaking principles. And that's what I want to encourage every day. Make the best choices. And tomorrow, there's a gift waiting for you. And little choices make a big difference. Just a seven-degree difference in the nose of a plane is from L.A. is going to get you to either New York or Washington, D.C. So those little choices really, really make a difference. One thought at a time, one word at a time, one action at a time, one choice at a time. We can be so focused on every mistake we made and discourage ourselves out of the arms of Christ. But I want us to celebrate the small positive steps. How many of you are going to make a commitment with me right now that you're going to celebrate small victories? That's usually the form they come in. So let's talk about relapse prevention and recovery. Yesterday we talked about the addicted and learning brain. And in our society today, addiction has become a lifestyle. People have multiple addictions. And the addicted brain is not doing their addiction to feel good. They're doing it to keep from feeling bad. And so here's what we need to do. We need to remember our reasons. It's very interesting to me. This brought me to tears. I, uh, we have a 10-session quit nicotine, living free quit nicotine program that you can hold in your home or in your neighborhood or in your church. We also have a six-session living free program. But I was a speaker at one of our living free quit nicotine series, and a lady came. Uh, did I tell you this story already? Because I just came from Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, you know, even a lot of blueberries don't keep everything straight. So, <laughs> you know, I need a little help. So anyway, this precious lady, she was in her 40s. She had been in the hospital multiple times for um, lung disease, pneumonia. She was on oxygen, heavy smoker. She had the machine that you pull with you to get the oxygen. And we went around the table. And as a person that, that is a health presenter, not a coach-type personality, I thought, I know the reasons why people come. They come because of those kinds of situations. But through coaching training, I've learned to ask more questions instead of making assumptions. And we went around the table, and I asked this lady what her reason was for coming to a quit nicotine program. To me, it was obvious. She was dying, and she couldn't breathe. Um, she got tears in her eyes. 45 years old, she's, and she has grandchildren already. And she said, my grandchildren pick up crayons and put them in their mouth and pretend that they're smoking. And it broke her heart. That was her reason. She didn't have enough self-love, self-value, self-respect for it to be about her own well-being and health. She didn't have value in her own mind. But what she was doing in terms of example to her grandchildren drove her to that meeting. And I asked her another question. I said, do you think that as you go to these meetings that you will come up with more reasons? What do you think? When, when you became a follower of Christ, you had a reason. When you gave your heart to God, it was a, you had a reason. But have those reasons increased over time? And that's the way God works. He, we work on the plan of addition, and he works on the plan of multiplication. He says, grace be multiplied to you. Amen? You add, he multiplies. Remember your reasons and remove those triggers. One of the worst things that I have seen happen, I've worked with crack addicts and different kinds of addictions, eating disorder folks, 
And one of the worst things is when they say, you know, I'm, I am so excited about this, I'm going to go back into my old environment with my old friends and I'm going to help them. Uh, no, you're not. I'm taking your bicycle away. So we, we've got to remove triggers. We've got to stop telling ourselves that we're going to get a different result from an old behavior. We've got to stop telling ourselves that that addiction is our friend because it's not. And when you start to move away from those old habits, and changing eating habits is, is hard. We have these old habits. You know, somebody was telling me about fatty liver disease as a young person de developing fatty liver disease and started naming the, you know, the, the Twix and the Snickers and the soda pops and the things. That, so getting this, do you think it was just simple to quit all that? No, it's, it's hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean that God isn't in it and it doesn't mean that there isn't a reward for it. So we've got to actually recognize, you know, there are some areas of the grocery store, that it's like Dodge. you got to get out of town. What are you doing there? If chips are your problem, why are you straying? Get out of there. You know, I don't hang around birthday cakes after 20 years of bulimia. I mean, I just don't go there. So, and here's the other thing. If you have something in the house and you can't stop thinking about it, you know how much is in the package. And you get mad at your spouse if they eat the last one. You know, that's something you don't bring that into the house. If your idea of a serving of ice cream is when the spoon hits the bottom of the container, that's not something you bring. You, you've told yourself a hundred times that you're only going to eat two of those cookies. You eat the whole sleeve. No. You've got to practice extinction. Get that stuff out of town. And it's going to be different for different people, isn't it? We have different weaknesses. My chips and things like that don't appeal to me at all. My colleague Evelyn, who actually doesn't even like dessert, have you ever had to travel with somebody like that? <laughs> she, but she, she will count how many chips she'll allow herself if we're at a Mexican restaurant. That's her thing that she has to watch. So remove those triggers. Replace with positive alternatives. There are all kinds of creative ways to remind your brain of what that next choice is going to be. And here's such a big piece. Recapture the joy of purpose-filled choices. Children are so creative. They love to paint. They love finger paints. They love Play-Doh. They find delight in little things. And a, a lot of addiction recovery therapy has to do with painting and art and building and just doing things that are going to re-engage the creative mind. God created us in his image, hasn't he? Now here's the beautiful thing, and this is why the mind-body-spirit relationship is so very important. What does it mean to be created in God's image? Well, we pray for wisdom, don't we? When God created light, he said, let there be light, and he saw the light, and then he commented on it. What did he say? It is good. He said the light is good. So he has made us to be creatures of judgment. This is good. This is bad. This is true. This is false. I like this. I don't like this. This is pretty. This is ugly. So it's not just choosing between good and evil. It's just the beauty of enjoying the vast array of choices that are available to us. So having the ability to practice insight, we 
have been created with the ability to practice insight. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it will be given. But insight is the ability to know what to do in any given situation. Do we need to pray for that? Insight. He has also given us the ability to practice oversight. Oversight. We're going to talk about that in situational awareness today. Oversight is the part of you that monitors yourself. Then there's foresight. What is foresight? Predicting a consequence. Okay, if I go get a job at Dunkin' Donuts, it will not be well with me. Okay, that's foresight. And then there's hindsight. What is hindsight? It's learning from our mistakes. And now here's the interesting thing. All of these are brain functions that are viewable under imaging. So our choices are going to strengthen or weaken these brain faculties. Should we pray for these things? Yes. Can we pray for them, violate the, the laws that build those brain faculties, and still have that prayer answered? No. I mean, God blesses our ignorance. He really does. He is, he's a miracle, wonderful God. But what, what we know to do, we must do. Because the brain is the hardware of the soul. A golden key to overcoming addictions is actively subtracting those addictive substances and addictive thinking and addictive relationships and addictive emotions and practicing what? Positives. Practice doesn't just make permanent, practice makes progress. How many of you want to make progress? So intentional positive choices restore your brain and your body. Oh, I need a timekeeper today. Um, yeah, because I have to go to another class after this, so seriously, I have to be on time. So let's look at some growth building blocks. Get your goals in order. In, number two, let's say it together. Internalize and practice. Mindset, Matt, that's tomorrow. That's my favorite uh, topic because what we need most, we preach best, right? So mindset matters. And number four, connections with God and others. And today we're also going to look at situational awareness. So let's look at getting goals in order. A list. Now... A list, we have lists. Are there any list, take, list makers in this room? Oh, wow. That's why you got here on time today. Um, so lists are good. Lists are good. Have you ever put a grody picture on the refrigerator or this list on the mirror to remind you of what you are telling yourself to do? How long does it take until you actually don't see it? How many days? People test everything. About 12 days. You're not even going to see it. So a list is good, though. Lists are good starting points. They help us to create a template for growth and change. They help us to organize our choices and priorities for daily practice. But is your list, has your to-do list become a tyrant? A list isn't the same thing as a life. So even the best list can become a burden until it becomes what? a part of your DNA until it's just automatic. It's part of you. You don't have to consult your feelings. I don't have to grab a table leg and pray for strength to brush my teeth in the morning. You know, on a good day, I brush my teeth. On a very bad day, guess what? 
I brush and so do you. So the more that we can push down that list to the automatic level, that's a good thing. And Ellen White says that God's thoughts can become our impulses, which is an amazing thing. So these habits, and the great thing is, yeah, you may have to make a decision, yeah, I want to do this instead of Chuck E. Cheese, okay? And it may be a little struggle, and that's okay, you'll get through it. But you'll get to the place where when you don't have these wonderful things, when you don't get that walk, you don't get that exercise or that devotion or that crunchy salad, you'll miss it. Even though it's a discipline, you'll miss it because it feels good and it's right. So with time and practice, it can actually become a joy instead of a job to build these life-building principles. How many of you have experienced that joy of just learning a new choice and it's setting you free? It's God's will that you be set free, that you walk free, you live free, and you stay free. Amen? It takes time. Paul said it this way, For this I toil, striving with all the energy which he mightily inspires within me. God has an amazing lending library, and he will loan you whatever you need. If you don't have a smile, he'll loan you his. If you don't have courage, he'll loan you his. And they say that um, ownership or possession is 90% of ownership. You keep borrowing enough, and what's going to happen? It's going to become yours. Here is a, a really interesting concept that I learned. How many of you have heard of James Clear? He's an author who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. James Clear was a young high school student who was an incredible athlete. He was an elite category baseball uh, expert or what, professional, whatever you want to call it. And he was on his way to the big leagues. Well, in an accident on the baseball field, he was hit in the face with a baseball bat, crushed his face. He lost complete mobility, thinking his brain was crushed, his face was crushed, and he was in the hospital, I think, for several months. He had to learn to walk, to talk, to feed himself, uh, to function again. And after this ordeal, through little, tiny, why do you think the book is called Atomic Habits? Atoms are little, aren't they? He actually went to college. He became an all-around athlete after this incredible, life-changing setback, and he actually became an overall top-notch, award-winning uh, athlete at the college level. And he wrote this book, Atomic Habits, and in this book, he identifies two different kinds of, uh, two different ways of achieving goals. So there's, there's outcome-based goals. So the outcome-based person says, I know that it's good to read a book a month. I hate reading, but I'm going to read a book a month if it kills me. Or I need to lose 50 pounds. And so I'm going to set my heart to lose that 50 pounds, and I am not going to quit until I get there. Now, can outcome-based goal setting be rewarding? Can it be transformational? There's one girl that lived in Pennsylvania. She was a jogger, and she moved into the city for her work, 
and she would jog every morning uh, by a, past a shelter. And in the morning, the men were outside the shelter having their cigarettes, and she got friendly with them as she would run. And after a period of time, she asked them if they would like to start jogging with her. Well, it began with them just running to the end of the block, <laughs> then two blocks, then three, then it became a morning routine. Then she went to an athletic store and got gym clothes for these, donated for these men. And they started a little team and they trained for a 5K. And for some of these men, just working on that one goal was transformational. They had never achieved or finished anything. Some of these men in their whole life, they got apartments, jobs, and it was transformational. Most of the time with that kind of goal setting, what we do is we set a goal, and like a goal for 10,000 steps a day. And today you just got 3,000, so you failed. Tomorrow you got 4,000, so you failed. 2,000 is a mile. So you fail and fail. Once in a while, okay, I got my 10,000. And so you labor and labor and labor and labor. This happened to a pastor's wife. She had 80 pounds to lose, and she just hated every minute of it. And she worked and worked and worked and worked and worked until she reached her goal and she was still miserable. She gained all her weight back because she was so miserable. Uh, and so that, so, so uh, outcome-based goals uh, is, is not the most productive way for permanent change because the joy of the journey is what gives us the motivation to keep going on. Are you with me? So the process is my plan, how I'm going to get there. And as I said before, people that come to a meeting, if we have an obesity program or whatever, they'll say, you know, that's it. Six peeled frozen grapes for dessert, that's it. I'm going to exercise four hours a day. I'm not going to ever have a cookie as long as I live. You know, they come, they say things like this, you know, that they're only going to make it out of the parking lot and to the store. So, uh, so the process, you want to have a plan that's really reasonable, that accommodates little successful steps or big steps because sometimes the big steps can be very transformational because you feel a big result. So it's going to vary with people, but you want it to match reality of what's actually going to work for you. He identifies the most effective change, and that is identity-based change. Identity-based change is a new heart, it's a new attitude, it's a new identity. So instead of saying, I am going to lose 80 pounds, that's a, that's a good goal to have if you need to lose 80 pounds, but a better way to, to approach that long-term goal is, I'm gonna become fit. Every day I'm gonna work on fitness. Or for the reader, I want to read, I have a goal of reading a book a month, and every day I am going to become a reader. I'm going to enjoy learning to become a reader. So the, today you only read a half a chapter, but you have added to your identity as a reader. I have a steps goal for myself every day, but when I fall short of that goal, I have still added to my identity as a person that is a walker. Are you with me? So instead of failing, 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 uh, okay, here's a success, then fail, 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 and I finally reach it and I'm miserable, I am actually achieving success as I add to my identity as a fit person, as a walker, as a reader. You see the difference? Doesn't God want you to have joy in the journey of improving? 
And if all we can do is crucify ourselves because we don't reach our daily goal, uh, are we really going to learn anything? Which type of learner is going to be more likely to give up if they have, if they have a setback? Are you, are you with me on this? So the, the new heart concept is more biblical. As positive choices become a part of you, they are going to become automatic. So you may not have ridden a bicycle for a year, but if you got on a bike right now, you'd know how to ride it. And if that bike fell over, you'd know how to get up and you'd know how to go again. And that's the beautiful thing about working on habits and a new identity as a fit person, as a child of God, as a valued child of God. You keep, you keep adding to your identity in Christ. So these habits, these choices are going to become automatic they become core values, not just beliefs. And friends, we have testing truths that we need to know, not just believe. We're told that many of us in the end time are going to be brought before courts to give a reason for the things that we believe under persecution. And we'll realize for the first time that we really don't know what we believe. So being in agreement is not the same thing as knowing. And so I want you to commit with me that you are going to commit to deeply know the truths that create this beautiful picture of God, a God worth dying for, a God worth standing for, a God worth living for. If you haven't read S.N. Haskell in a while, The Cross in Its Shadow, or The Seer of Patmos, or Daniel... Uh, the prophet, if you haven't read Uriah Smith, Daniel and the Revelation in a while, I suggest and strongly urge you to pick it up, dust it off, and dig in. For me, my motivation for healthful choices has nothing to do with living a long time. I come from a very abusive background. My mind is wired to be worried, and I I'm, thank God that I'm as cheerful as I am right now, through lots of practice, and being positive and optimistic through lots of practice. Some people have harder battles with self to fight, right? But I'm here to tell you that those truths are pictures of God. They're pictures of God. They're not just doctrines. And my goal in, live, in living for him with lifestyle is not about living a long time. It's about being able to have the mental stuff to be able to study deeply every night. We've got to work these brains of ours, or we will become flatlined in our ability to really grapple with problems. So it's mental exercise, amen? But the right kind. So they become core values, not beliefs. If you fall, you know how to get up and try again. That's so important, isn't it? Life is a series of trials. God will put you in circumstances that show you things that are hidden in your heart that you didn't even know were there. And so we have to have a firm understanding of God's love for us and how he grows us. Your values have become a life, not a list. Let's remember something, that gifts are given, but fruit is grown. And I carry a seed packet in my Bible. My first major was botany. And how many of you have ever bought last year's seed packet? They're 75% off. Why? Because they're 75% dead. That's why. Now, 
The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith. What else? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this isn't just a list of stuff that we're given to do. These are character traits of God. And they do not grow in the, nat- in the soil of the natural heart. They just don't. That's why God gives us a new heart. He says, of his fullness you have received. You have been given a whole packet full of amazing stuff, but it's in the form of seed. Your job as a new Christian is to grow it. You've got to grow the seed that he plants in the new heart, or it'll die. So internalize and practice. When? Morning. When else? And when else? Night. That's right. Now, I just showed you a demo of leafy greens, colorful fruits, whole grains, beans, avocado, nuts and seeds. This is the brain fuel for success and water. Trusting God and doing what? Practicing the keys to victory will help you to recover lost ground, stay the course, and sing a new song in life, growing in what? Strength? What else? Obedience and? That is perseverance. As you move forward, turning setbacks into comebacks. How many of you love to see a setback turned into a a comeback? You know, don't you love those programs where they, these rotten looking houses are made beautiful and fit for, fit for dwelling? Well, that's what God wants to do with you and me. We're just rotten to the core. I told somebody today, I'm a former no good Nick. Okay? And he takes all of that and he guts us piece by piece, room by room, and then he restores us so that we can be a habitation for his Holy Spirit, his beautiful character. You will need determination, prayer, and a plan, but your body as well as your brain will daily respond to what? Healthy lifestyle changes. I don't worship health. I worship God, but he's the God of health. Amen? What about that mindset? Tomorrow that's going to be the topic. Don't let yesterday's reason become today's excuse. You may have had a dark past, but you can have a bright future. You may have gotten into a terrible, slimy pit, and it's the nature of a pit that there's no normal way out. You've got to use every tool in the box. There is a way that appears to be what? Right. But in the end, it leads to death. Choose your path, and you do choose your destiny. But we don't understand sometimes that our path is made up of very small choices. So recognize those negative attitudes, thoughts, and feelings. Replace with positive promises from God's Word. If you don't have the devotional, Our Father Cares, that is a very nurturing devotional. It's one that, uh, that is very healing to my brain and to my mind. It's where my thoughts, uh, I, I need to settle into certain types of thinking, and it's been very helpful to me. So if you are a person that just crucifies yourself every time you make a mistake, I would really recommend Our Father Cares. And uh, I have noticed this about people that suffer from addictions, um, that often they are perfectionistic people. They don't have a recipe for solving problems. They don't know how to get through. You know, the only way out is through. Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. 
but we don't know how to keep going. We don't know how to get past, but the only way out is through. We have to be able to learn how to endure and face down pain, obstacles, and difficulties. And the, the unhappiest people in the entire planet are the ones that need to be happy every minute. They're the ones that are miserable. So replace with positive promises from God's Word. I have a, a marked Bible. I have a Bible marking plan, and I, have, I, I mark it with colored pencils. I have about 13 different topics that I mark, and, and one of them is uh, promises, of course. Thousands of them in the Bible. And then there's another one I have a special color for, words. Uh, we're working on that. We're really working on that. Because there's speech, thoughts, and words of the unsaved and speech, thought, and words of the saved. Yes, sir. Oh, five minutes? Oh, I thought he was waving. <laughs> okay, we got to get to situational awareness and refuse to dwell on past mistakes or future fears. Connection. I'm a companion of all who fear you and those who keep your commandments. One addict told me, knowledge is half the battle, but it's only what? It's only half. Knowledge imparts information, but not the power to execute. Have you ever had somebody download so much information, you just feel crushed? You just got to go get some cake or something just to recover from their seminar. So God gives us a new heart. He'll take away our stubbornness. Spiritual recovery. Recognize the need of a power outside of yourself. Reach out to God in prayer. Receive God's purpose and power for living by spending time in his word. It's a joyful thing to learn to do that, isn't it? Or we're not in, in, in enmity with God anymore. I want to talk about situational awareness in our last five minutes. Situational awareness is being alert to your surroundings and what you don't see, as well as what's right in front of you. This is huge for people who suffer from relapse and addictions, etc., etc. So to give you an example, you're driving in your car at night, it's raining, all of a sudden you notice that cars are turning around and going the other way. You're headed toward a bridge, you see a sign, and it says, bridge out ahead. Do you see a bridge out? But do the signs tell you that you need to be alert and get out of there? Even though it hasn't happened yet, you don't see it yet. Situational awareness is antenna to know what's coming and what you're getting yourself into. How many of you have heard of the Granite Mountain Hotshots? Granite Mountain Hotshots. Granite Mountain Hotshots. This was um, led by Eric Marsh, and the Granite Mountain Hotshots were an elite team of firefighters, they were sent to the worst hot spots for the most dangerous fires. So there were, uh, how many of them? The ni 19 of them. Well, they were in, stationed in Prescott, Arizona in, in 2013. They got a call at 5 in the morning that 300 acres were burning on a ridge top in Chaparral land. Chaparral is what you see in the westerns with the tumbleweed and etc. So they ran to the fire line. This is a picture of it. They ran to the fire line, and Marsh set his team to work. They scouted out the fire. He brought his, uh, he brought his men down to what is called the, uh, the black. It's an island of black ash that had already burned out, so it was considered the <coughs> safest place to be. In the, min in the meantime, the fire pivoted and disappeared behind the ridge. 
it pivoted again, he had two choices. They could either go down in the valley toward a group of homes, or they could go in a different direction and escape. Marsh decided to leave the black in hopes of saving some of the homes. He couldn't have imagined that by heading for that town, he was leading his crew toward a series of increasing compromised circumstances, each more desperate than the last. Have you ever done that? You take one step and then you're in a mess and then it gets worse and then it gets worse and then you're really in the middle of a muddle. Well, without his eyes on that fire and without paying attention to it pivoted, he brought his men into extreme danger. They descended an additional 500 feet through the thick chaparral and they found themselves in a basin walled in on three sides with solid granite mountain. This was an extremely dangerous place because it offered no means of escape. Just then, the worst happened. What they didn't see came to pass. The flames roared to life over the ridgeline. Through the smoke, the fire was ripping toward them. They were trapped. And even though they went under their fire tents, the fire burned over them so quickly and with such intensity that the massive granite walls of the basin cracked like eggshells. Here's a picture of the memorial to these men. After the fire, Marty Cole, a friend of Eric March and the safety officer of the Yarnell Hill fire team, stood among the charred bodies of these 19 victims and said this, Eric was too good a wildland firefighter to have led his team into this situation, and yet he did. And friends, we have a devil to fight, don't we? We have to take up the whole armor of God. And we used to think of health as you have a bad body part, we're going to fix it or replace it. But now we know that brain-body systems are, e are like an ecosystem. They all affect one another. And we can lose situational awareness very quickly and bring ourselves into danger through many different avenues. The Bible says, take up the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to do what? Withstand in the evil day and having done all to, to stand. So this isn't even talking about advancing. And the armor of God is also a dynamic growth ecosystem. We think of it as, I'm going to put on the helmet, I'm going to say my prayers, I'm going to have my study, I'm going to hand out literature as all these different pieces of that armor, the boots with the gospel, but it is actually a growth program, a dynamic living organism, if you will. And so with applying these spiritual principles, we will become watchful but not what? Fearful. We'll become aware but not alarmed. We'll become sensitive but not... We will become dedicated but not demanding. We'll become open but not... We will become focused on Christ, not... That is the armor of God in a growth pattern. That's what the learner mindset does. That's what understanding what identity-based change is and what the armor of God is, what growth is, and becoming more aware and growing into the image of God every single day. The Bible says the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. As I said in another class, you know, we can be, we're only young once, but we can be immature forever. Watch this little boy. He grows up. 
And God wants us to grow up into him, grow in insight, grow in oversight, grow in foresight and hindsight. And with his help and with his plan, we can do that. Is that your commitment today? We remember your past. Recognize old traps and triggers. Recalculate. Act on a new and better choice every day. Reach out in prayer and to others for strength to conquer. And he's inviting you right now to trust him with your daily life and your present situation, to allow him to calm and lead you. Spend time in his word to learn to trust him more and devote time to prayer. There's the recipe right there. He will give you courage for your journey, wisdom for each day, help when you stumble, and joy in your healing path. What a package. Amen? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, being rooted and grounded in love. So like that pine sapling that grows stronger, bigger, and sturdier with each passing season, in every circumstance of life, everything that he has to discover in you, every setback will become a comeback. You will gain strength of character as you walk through God through every circumstance of life. Let's just stand and read this together. We'll have closing prayer. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Amen. Tomorrow, mindset and thank you power. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we could have together. We ask your blessing that these gems of truth will cling to our hearts and give us hope, which is the twin sister of faith, that we will have courage for our journey and celebrate every positive choice. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.